I'm Sarah Galactica, and this is your Moon Report. Hello, hello. This is your Moon Report for the new moon in Gemini happening today, Saturday, June 17th here in the Pacific time zone. I'm going to talk a little bit more about Gemini specifically here in a moment and the tarot card and ecosystem that is associated with it. But at first I wanted to take a moment to explore a little bit more about why I use this relational ecosystem uh, set up for tarot, both in my understanding of tarot in my own use and the way that I read tarot for others. There are linear elements to the storytelling of tarot that I think are really helpful for understanding the individual archetypes and what they mean to us. Because of the chronological nature of the numbers of each card, we can clearly see how archetypes build on each other. We experience a sort of leveling up, uh, for lack of a better word, um, on our journey when we encounter cards this way in that linear fashion. And some of that hierarchical organization can be really useful. I think of tarot archetypes as something resembling a vast web of interconnected relationships. Now, the ecosystem that we're heading into with this lunation, the ecosystem of union, has two archetypes associated with it, the lovers and the devil. And even though they are unique archetypes individually, they maintain a really tight relationship within this ecosystem of union. We can think of the tarot cards as being organized into these ecosystem units which live within climate units. And that's not to say that they make them separate <laughs> from one another, but really what, they're, what I'm trying to do with this language is highlight the way that they're connected and highlight their similarities and differences and the way this interconnected web creates uh, diverse and beautiful whole. You might think of climate level relationships as being sort of like uh, states in a country um, where those ecosystem level relationships might be smaller, more specific communities. I grew up in California, a state that contains a truly vast spectrum of humans. But as you zoom into particular regions, you can see cultural norms and values start to take shape even among people of widely different backgrounds and beliefs. Central Valley, Silicon Valley, and Napa Valley are all very different, but very California. The physical features of each of these regions, the topography, oceans, deserts, shape unique expressions of the whole 
in large part because the physical features of the land shape what the people there are proud of. In Castorville, it's artichokes. In Gilroy, it's garlic. In Bakersfield, I'm assuming it's corn. <laughs> the band spelled with a K. <laughs> Sorry, Bakersfield. And yet, at the same time, each of the areas of the state aren't just interdependent on one another. They exist within a broader global web of relationships. California is the biggest economy in the country and the fifth largest in the world. And if shit goes down with water access in Fresno, the ripple effects are felt way beyond the people who live in just California themselves. Archetypes and archetypal stories also have interdependent relationships. And in tarot, we witness this phenomenon all the time during readings without really realizing that's what's going on. We lay cards down that are pulled from a shuffled deck. And, you know, it's like when when individual cards go down that way, we're really like, like pulling chapters and pages out of order um, and setting them out in front of us. And so like when this happens, when say we have three cards laid out on the table in front of us and we see a familiar card, maybe uh, we remember a reading from a couple of weeks ago when we got, you know, one of the same cards, but now we see it surrounded by different influences, perhaps pointing toward different lessons or outcomes. We read tarot, we live, we revisit, we learn. And the stories continue to be woven beyond the spread itself. It's in the lived experience of the reading where the real value of it is, in my opinion. So that So when we think about like the questions we ask during a reading or the structure of the reading itself. A lot of times we are focused on the moment that the reading happens. In my opinion, it's what the reading allows me to do in my life that is actually more important. What that reading allows me to notice and understand beyond that moment in time is actually where the biggest value is. These archetypal relationships are really valuable even if you're not doing huge readings. <laughs> you know, I've been talking about pulling one card at the new moon or, you know, whatever phase works best for you. The new moon is what works best for me. Pulling one card and allowing that card to either represent um, a guide or companion or uh, practice, uh, you know, one of my favorite new ways of framing this is, is thinking about that card as um, my practice for that lunation. When we pull even just one card in this way and allow it to sit and simmer, it's in the noticing over the course of the lunation that the real impact happens. It's an invitation to be curious. It's an invitation to notice. And in that noticing, 
we're attuning ourselves to the world around us and getting curious about our reactions and responses rather than seeing a card as being some kind of omen (laughs) or, you know, like prediction or whatever. The card becomes a gift. It becomes an invitation. It becomes a practice. It becomes something that allows us to grow into ourselves in a more holistic and embodied way. This lunation, we are starting off with a new moon in Gemini. And Gemini is traditionally associated with the lover's card. The lovers and the devil are the people of wholeness who tend the ecosystem of union within the climate of devotion. I love this duo. (laughs) This is one of my favorite ecosystem pairings. It's not, you know, like it's based on numbers, right? The lovers is card six. The devil is card 15. You add one plus five, you get six. That's why they belong together. It wasn't my choice, right? And then I also extend that into the sixes in the minor arcana as well. So you can think about all of these different representations of these archetypes within the tarot as being connected to one another in some kind of way. And as the people of wholeness, we can think about the ways these archetypes are trying to point us toward our own individual sense of wholeness and the way that individual sense of wholeness allows us to feel um, belonging within the world. And the The word belonging is actually really important here because I see that as being the sacred task of the lovers, belong. And the sacred task of the devil is liberate. And these two concepts are interconnected in such a beautiful way. In order to feel a real sense of belonging in community, in relationship, platonic, romantic, and otherwise, I need to have a real sense of belonging to myself, a sense of understanding. It's not a complete understanding, right? I'm always becoming more aware of who I am. I'm always peeling back these layers. This idea of my identity being stagnant or ever being able to be complete, I think is actually incorrect. I am always becoming. I am continually creating and continually created, right? So my sense of belonging to myself has more to do with my ability to stand in that truth that I am always uncovering new layers of who I am and that I can find a sense of real belonging to myself within that. This sense of belonging is a spiritual one. There is an element of the beloved within, which for some will mean a relationship with the divine or a relationship with the higher or deeper self. This inner relationship may be pointing you toward also a broader relationship, a more transcendent relationship, while also pointing toward a real embodied relationship. Belonging in this 
physical form. This is kind of a radical thing on some level, especially if your physical form or your idea of how your physical form matches up with or doesn't match up with your understanding of yourself. Being able to find a sense of belonging within it, that that this body is yours, right? That it that it is sacred and holy that it belongs on this planet and you belong within it is kind of a radical thing. I was and still am the fat kid. And our culture does not celebrate the fat kid. (laughs) That's maybe an understatement. But when I belong to myself, I am not concerned with whether or not the overculture celebrates the fat kid or makes some kind of moral judgment around what a body is or looks like. When I belong to myself, I understand that this body is mine. Whether or not anybody else thinks it's beautiful, whether or not anybody else finds it acceptable, whether or not I like the language that would be used by other people when describing my body doesn't matter because my body belongs to me and I belong to it. And in my belonging to my body, in my physical form, I am able also to connect to the fact that my physical self belongs here on this physical planet. I am planted here on the earth for some reason <laughs> that I don't understand maybe, right? That's okay. I don't maybe I don't need to understand the reason, quote unquote. But more that I need to understand the fact of my belonging. I am here. I belong. And in that truth, (laughs) I become powerful, not over others, but as a conduit for whatever needs to be born through me, physically or otherwise. My belonging in this body, my belonging on this planet helps me get curious about the ways that Maybe I struggle with feeling confident in that belonging. And when I can ask myself questions about why something, you know, set me off that way, or like, why am I feeling so dysregulated? Or what's up with this, right? Like when I can ask myself questions and get curious, I get to know myself better. And as I know myself better, I am coming into that deeper sense of, oh, like, this is me. The more I get to know myself, the more active I am in creating my life, but also creating the world. I am a participant in the creation of this world, and therefore a participant in the creation of the universe. I am of the universe, and the universe is a part of me. We are not separate. 
we get taught, at least in the you know, Western American overculture, that belonging has to do with fitting in. This is not what I mean by belonging. There is always some element of me having to show up as something other than who I am in order to fit in. But what I mean is that if we're having to hide the truth and reality of our values, the truth and reality of our inherent worth and divinity, we don't actually belong in a group. If I feel like I have to change myself or dampen down my beliefs or hide an element of who I am in order to fit in to a political party, a workspace, a family, a relationship, that is not belonging. And so we can see then that the lovers is not necessarily about just being a card of relationship or just being a card of internal connection, but it's it's both. There is a, a dance that happens. The more I belong to myself, the more I am able to authentically belong in relationship with others. And I can decide where the cost of belonging is too high. I can decide what kinds of communities I want to belong to. I can decide which relationships don't actually value who I am. I can decide where I don't value who I am in relationship with. The lovers invite you to consider how you belong to yourself, what it feels like. What would it feel like to belong to your own body? to have a real true sense of belonging in this physical form on this planet, in this universe? What would it feel like to have your authentic, truest self recognized in relationship with others? What would it feel like to be able to honor and recognize the true self of the people you are in relationship with. What do you have to do in order to hold the wholeness of the people in your life? And what do you have to ask for in order to be held in that same wholeness? This is why the lovers and the devil are such a brilliant pair, because Belonging and liberation go hand in hand. When I am free to be myself, I become a safe place for others to be free with me. That freedom is liberatory. When we are willing to break away from the chains and shackles of self-complacency, when we're willing to shake off the numbness of that kind of like surface level belonging and instead look for the ways that we can be really and fully 
human in our relationships with one another, we become liberated and we help liberate others. And this is holy work. And I mean that. (laughs) I mean, like, this is truly sacred and important work for this moment in time. We can see this reflected in, for example, the trans panic that is happening right now. The sheer idea that there is a uh, cultural political movement that wants to convince me that, say, somebody who was assigned male at birth but has always known that they identify as a woman, that by them transforming their body or their being into a more physical representation of that womanhood, that that the idea that that transformation somehow diminishes or limits my own expression of womanhood is bullshit. (laughs) It's not true. It is a story. It is a mythology that pits me against them and creates um, a club of this is this is what a real woman is. And this is this does not count as womanhood. Fuck that. I don't want to belong to womanhood if that's the club. This sense of belonging and liberation is not just woo-woo, floaty, in-the-clouds in kind of idea. This is a practical, important issue right now. People are being forced to detransition right now because of these kinds of rules. This sense of being able to belong to yourself and belong in community is so critically important to our sense of well-being, our sense of purpose, and our sense of expression on this planet. When I know what it means to belong to myself, I can see through the power dynamics that would rather have a false self chained than a true self free. I don't want to live in that world. I do not want to live in a world where my human kindred are forced to be caged. Tarot is a tool for self-understanding and reflection and growth. Absolutely. And if it stops there, it's not enough. Tarot is a conduit for becoming more fully human within myself and for developing a more full expression of humanity beyond myself. And that requires relationship. It requires interaction. It requires being conscious of the ways I make a difference on this planet, even in the smallest senses. The future of tarot is finding ways to expand beyond the internal gaze and bring my sense of self into action in the world in a way that helps evolve and move us all forward. 
when those of us who practice tarot individually or, you know, by reading for others embrace this, we become conduits for change beyond ourselves too. This lunation, notice belonging. Notice the ways you belong to yourself or wish you did. Notice the ways you create barriers to belonging for others in your life. Notice the ways you show up in community with others and where the tension of belonging exists in your relationships, in your communities, in your workplace, your places of worship, your political parties, etc. The lovers invite you to consider this sense of belonging and relationship to the devil's ability to liberate. The people of wholeness who tend the ecosystem of union within the climate of devotion are walking with all of us this lunation. You don't have to be consciously aware of the people of wholeness when you are selecting your own card for this lunation. But I do encourage you to remember that we are all together learning from these people, whether we are conscious of it or not. When we can notice the ways that we belong and the ways that belonging impacts our liberation and impacts the ways we work toward liberating each other, we become more full participants in this world. There is no perfect human to become. There is no perfect humanity to turn into. All we can do is continue to grow and evolve and become more aware as we are able to individually. And we are each at different points on that path. I encourage you to think about how your tarot practice can get you curious about yourself, get you curious about the ways you are continually evolving, and get you curious about how you can be a support for other people's evolution and for our collective evolution as a whole. I believe that consciously practicing tarot in this way can have real, tangible impacts in the way our world looks. Tarot can be a tool not just for our own individual reflection and liberation, but for our collective reflection and liberation as well. And it is up to us as individual practitioners to make the choice to turn our attention toward that goal. And it is a worthy goal. And it's one that is messy and imperfect. And we'll be continuing to understand it 
for the rest of our lives, probably. But all we can do is show up with our open hearts, with our open minds, with the authentic intention of becoming more fully human ourselves and creating space for others to become more fully human too. That is sacred. And I hope that this podcast helps you do just that. Thank you, friends. If you're enjoying Moon Report, please do rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can learn more about me and my work and book readings with me as I'm available at saragalactica.com. That's S-A-R-A galactica.com. 